0: Welcome to eAssist, Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com.
1: Please welcome our next guest. Hello, everyone. Welcome to eAssist, Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. I'm your host, Penny Reed, and I am super excited to welcome a dear friend and colleague, Catherine Eitel belt with us today. Uh, Catherine, great to have you with us. Oh, this is so fun to be with you, Penny, and
0: with the EA sisters and uh, all the people that follow the podcast. I'm thrilled to be with you.
1: Well, it, it's always a, a treat. Um, I, what what is it that I've heard people call you the Grace Kelly of communications? <laughs> uh, you guys are in for a treat today. I know you're going to learn something. And and one of the things uh, that I admire about Catherine and and when I was uh, talking with her about what what challenges would she like to talk about that she helps. Dennis and their team solve. Uh, she said, Let's talk about exceptional communication skills with patients and each other without a script. And, and it's those last two words that I just want to let hang there without a script. I would love for you to start there and, and tell us why that is so important.
0: Well, we are so, my company and, and myself and my trainers are known as the unscripted communications coach in dentistry and the reason is that i really dislike them personally Uh, i remember uh, starting my career in my 20s in dentistry and i remember the practice i worked for hired a consultant and overall it was a really great experience but i remember the day that he you know threw down a three inch three ring binder full of scripts for every every conversation in the dental practice and i remember opening it up and reading a few of them and thinking these are the hokiest things I have ever read in my entire life. I mean, I couldn't imagine me and my personality saying it this way. We're highly formal and um, very different from how I normally or naturally communicate. And so, so, you know, fast forward several decades when I became a coach myself, you know, you're faced with, sort of the common wisdom of what's being taught in the moment. And a lot of my a lot of my mentors and people that I looked up to when I first started coaching were, they did have scripting and they some of them still do. Um, and so I think scripts came about for the right reasons. The main reason was that there was an attempt to get consistency. So scripting was a way, especially as dentistry or dental businesses started to scale and add locations and add associates and you know really have multiple people answering their phones or responding to their texts or emails so when that all started happening scripts was a great way to get consistency so that someone didn't answer the phone completely different or give different answers to questions than another person so in that way i think scripts worked or work. Um, However, in my opinion, while we gain consistency, we lose sort of at the expense of often authenticity. And I think connectivity in the moment, you know, really being connected to this particular human being at this particular time. Uh, Scripting doesn't really allow, I mean, if you think about it, there's probably not enough reams of paper printed in the world to script out every possible way a conversation could go, so at best they're they're perfect for the conversation if it goes exactly this way. But we all know, working in the field, that it doesn't often. So, so, well, sure. but I'm the kind of girl, Penny, that um, asks the question, "Why do I have to give up one thing for another thing if I want both?" And if someone called Lion Speak. Or contacted our company. I would hope that we have created a way that whether you talk to Kelly or you talk to Stacy or you talk to me, you would the phones would be answered in a similar fashion, consistent with our brand and our messaging. Um, that you would get very similar answers to your questions. You wouldn't get all kinds of different experiences or different answers. And so I think consistency from a, you know, now that I'm a businesswoman, I think that is an important goal. Um, I also think authenticity, genuineness, uh, and someone being connected, me feeling as a consumer or as a patient or as a client uh, that someone is really listening to me, not just reading from a script. I think, I think patients know when they're being read to from a
1: script. You alluded to that earlier. I think they oh, know. Sure, sure. I think they can feel it. I think they can feel it. And, and I think some of the requests, you know, in my previous life, I, I did consulting and training and often it's the, I think what they want is an example. They say they want a script. I think they. It's like okay. Well, give me an example of what that would look like. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think you know, and you do that in your training, right? And you do well, that. We in actually programs. do one better. We do one go. better.
0: We do both uh, examples. I I do a lot of demonstration, but and, but what we what we give and teach we call a framework, mm-hmm. and the framework is more like an outline, but we keep it super simple. It's never over five steps, because and usually it's less. So, for example, when we teach unscripted, exceptional telephone skills for, for new patient calls, converting new patient calls, there's a four-step process. It's a four-step framework. And we say, when we teach it, that as long as you follow the framework that we know from hundreds of practi- coaching and hundreds of practices and thousands of administrators over the last few decades, that we know this framework works but within the framework, you get to be who you are. So Mm -hmm. Penny Reed is funny. She's funny. Right. And so Penny Reed uses the framework and she, I would encourage her to be funny, to be her and to show up the real deal in there. Um, If, you know, you, you get, Linda Miles, Kathy Jamison, Lois Banta, sweet, sweet, right? They're sweet and kind and gracious and professional. And we want them... Or we would want them to show up really big in that framework. We teasingly say if you're direct, we just ask that you be careful in the
1: framework.
0: But you get to be who you are. And I think patients really respond to the consistency. And you know, doctors and owners and managers get the consistency thereafter. The patients get the experience and the authenticity that they're after. And I think administrators get to feel proud of both. And so that's, you know, that's what we coach to is a
1: framework, not a script. Uh, yeah, I think that's wonderful, right? It's 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 a formula for success mm-hmm. that you've developed in it also. Uh, and I don't know, you may, may have been planning to speak to this. I would love for you to speak to it. You're teaching your... Uh, your your team members to think right it's it's the a script is me giving you a fish okay well you gave me this script now what do I say when they ask me this question yep. as you're teaching them to fish so you want them to be able to think on their feet and how many times when the phone rings in a dental office do we know what they're going to ask us i mean we, we don't we don't every day there are new questions that are thrown. Uh, at dental team members. So I love it. I love it.
0: The cool part of a framework is let's say you've accomplished step number two, and then you get an oddball question thrown at you. You could go down that trail and answer that question, sort of like the patients pulled you off the framework. But if you're, if you're solid in the framework, you, you already, when, once you answer the question, then you say internally to yourself, well, I know I finished step two, but I didn't finish step three. So let me come back and complete three and then four. And so that's the beauty of the framework is you can go off down those trails that a patient will maybe take you. But then you get to say, OK, well, back to my framework. Where was I? And, right. and it just keeps you centered. And I think it's a great way. I mean, it's the way we do any um, re- any repetitive communication. You can you can create this framework that keeps you, you know, when I demonstrate. So I used to think that the the ideal formula was teach what we taught, like, let's say, teach the framework and then get the group into practice in the framework as quickly as we could, because that's where they would really learn it. But what I've recognized in the last few years is I, ha- I was missing a step and the step in the middle was demonstration. And what happens with demonstration is like you alluded to that in the examples. So what happens with that is we teach the framework and then I invite volunteers. I say, so you've got some real world things, right? When we're, I know we're going to talk on a little bit about internal communication and employee to employee, you know, courageous conversations or conflict or things. So um, even in there, we give a, a framework and, so I'll say, you know, you, you've got somebody at work probably that you want to have a conversation with, but you're a little worried about how that conversation is going to go. So you're avoiding it. So I want you, I want to take a volunteer, a couple with those um, situations. You'll come up here, you'll tell us all about it. And then I'm going to step into your voice and you're going to step into the voice of the other person and you get to be all that they are. You, I don't want you to be more than they are, but you get to be all, if they're negative, be negative. If they're passive aggressive, be passive aggressive, what, you know, whatever it is. And I'm gonna step into your voice and I'm gonna show you and and the audience or and the rest of the team, how I don't really know exactly what you're gonna ask me. I don't really know, we've never met, we've never talked about this. That's how it happens in real life. So this is my moment as a trainer and coach to prove to you, you can trust this framework. You can trust it. And I find when I do two or three or four of those examples and and they can see that, I didn't sound exactly the same, but I hit all the pieces of the framework every single time. Once they see that, oh, she can, she can be who she is. She can be in the moment. She can sound and be authentic. And she's following that framework. And Mm -hmm. I watched her do it several times and it worked. Then I think when we put them into practice and kick them out into real life, they have so much more confidence and trust. So I do think it's all three of those things. You know, if you're going to get real change and real improvement in a new system, a communication system anyway, it's learning it, having someone demonstrate it, and then
1: practicing it yourself. And then practicing it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, and I love uh, how, as you mentioned, because I definitely want to get into the courageous conversations. Not only do we not know what a patient will say on the phone, right? Or what the other person, and uh, if, we're, if we're going to have a courageous courageous conversation, there's some tension there. Yeah. And so even if we had a script every time, which right. I used to work with a group where we had a script for when there was an upset, and so you knew when it was coming, right, you could feel every, because it all started out the same way, right, so you'd hear those words, and I won't even say what they are, but to this day, when I hear them, like, I think I stopped breathing for a second, because I think, okay, here, here it comes, here it comes, um, so, so I think it, if it's so important for it to be unscripted so that you can really focus on the conversation and, and what happens with the other person. So I would love for you uh, to speak to uh, the courageous conversations and then also talk about courageous conversations in today's, you know, like talk about it in general, right? And then let's speak to what's happening in with today's dental teams. Yeah,
0: big subject. Um, and one of my favorites, because literally Penny, I, Feel like it's not too bold a statement to say that learning these skills is not only life-changing and career-altering, but it could literally change the world. I mean, we live in a moment in time where we have more discord and more disconnection and more inability, just turn on the news you know, more inability to have a difference of opinion or a difference of perspective and still have a respectful, satisfying, you know, uh, conversation. And so there is this sort of global inability to do this. And if you think about it, most of us didn't there are exceptions to this, but most of us did not would not say that we had grand examples at home growing up of how to you know manage conflict conversations really well. And most of us didn't take a class in it. Though again, there are some exceptions to that, but most of us didn't. And so we're kind of thrown into this work environment and and personal environments, um, wishing hoping for the best and you know, normal, good human beings um, doing the best they can with raging emotions, high levels of stress. Um, Whenever stress is high, conflict is high. It's just how it goes. And so we're living in a time where these skills are important. We could be the examples. Not only would our lives get better and our careers would skyrocket, but we would actually have a more positive impact on the world, our neighborhoods, our communities, our you know, whatever groups you're involved in, you're raising your children, all of it. We could be the examples of a different way. And so I feel really, really passionate about it um, about getting people these skills. And I've had people say, well, it right now, with all that we have going on, it seems like a soft skill. There are other, you know, more, bottom line impacting things we need to work on. And I'm and I'm positive that there are lots of things clamoring for our, you know, bottom line attention. I would beg to differ that this is just a soft skill. There's some amazing statistics out there. One recently caught my eye, well actually two. The first one was that the average American worker spends 3 hours a week, 3 to 4 hours a week either thinking about conflict at the workplace or actively embroiled in it. So if you add that up over the course of a year, it's two weeks a year, two weeks a year per employee that we are, because lo- if they're thinking about conflict or they're having an argument, they are not working on the business or their own performance. You know, they're not they're not present like they would be if they weren't. So you're losing two weeks a year per employee. That's a direct impact on the bottom line for sure. Mm-hmm. Secondly, the second statistic I heard was that 40 to 50% of most managers' time's, time is spent solving small issues that most people should be able to solve for themselves, but they don't know how. 40, 50% of your manager's time. So imagine if you could get all of that back, what what that would look like in terms of bottom line um, productivity. So
1: no. I think it's not just a soft skill. I think it is, is something. Oh, yeah, it. I agree 100%. And, and an analogy that I've heard, right, if you think about a computer, I mean, that's a significant portion of that computer's RAM, right? right. It, it can't perform the other, you know, for trying to take the, the softness out of it, right, and put it in something that, yes. that where it's work that's being done. Well, if you've got that many more programs, that many more tabs open in the browser and, and the computer's uh, struggling with something that's taking a ton of bandwidth, yep. it can't be productive for you where you really need it to be. No, it's so, a beautiful uh, analogy. Yeah. Beautiful
0: analogy. Yeah. We've all been frustrated by a
1: slow running computer because it's just
0: running out of bandwidth. And I think that's exactly what's, what's happening for us. And mm-hmm. the, the truth is it's not as hard to solve as you think. Um, but we do have to get those skills to, to people. So we teach it in... This idea of mindset and skill set, and a little bit of tool set. So, you know, we teach this over a day or two, you know, so just in the few minutes that we have together, it's a really high flyover. But the reason that we, that, you know, I, I tease my audiences or my, or my teams, when we're doing this work, that the first part of it, the mindset part, they're going to think they're in the wrong course. They're going to think that they popped into the wrong room because it's going to feel like they're in a personal growth seminar. But the truth is what, you know, what is personal leadership and personal leadership communication? If it isn't if it isn't uh, commensurate with or kind of a mirror of how we've grown personally, right? You can, you can't lead someone else in a conversation or in any way to a place you've never been. Right. Right. You can't lead
1: someone else if you can't even make someone else to a place if you can't even manage your own emotions.
0: That's right. And so it's an, this, this whole thing is an inside out job. And so we look at three, places or three um, tools that people could use to recognize, A, they're not sp- going to be speaking from a strong emotional uh, platform. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, what to do, you know, three ways that they could shift it if they recognize they were on a weak emotional platform. So um, so just high fly over, uh, that is taking a look at what piece of this breakdown or this conflict or this dysfunction or whatever it is, uh, is ours. And that's a really interesting thing to consider when you're angry with someone or you're frustrated with someone or you're, you know, irritated with someone, um, or you're a manager and you just need higher levels of performance from someone. Any of those situations, um, it's, it's, it's very interesting to think, well, what, I mean, I'm not the one who's late to work every day. Like what what part of this would be my responsibility, but we walk people through a series of questions. So what have I not made clear? And the only way, you know, if you've actually made it clear is that the other person can repeat it back to you the way that you would like it, right. The way that you meant it. So if they can't, we haven't made ourselves clear. Another great question is, have I provided all of the resources, training, um, support for them to actually make the improvement or make the change or know what to do? Uh, If it's yes and yes to those, then a third question might be, are they capable? Are they intellectually capable to do this? Are they physically capable of doing it? And if it's yes, yes, and yes to those, then are they willing, right? But those are all very different questions. Are they willing is very different than are they clear mm-hmm. and are they trained and are they capable? So we, we try to help people say, you know, what it, have we been as clear as we needed to be? Maybe this is our opportunity. So in other words, the first piece of that is to take responsibility. The second thing we look at is what do we currently believe is true or not true about the person, the group or the circumstance? Because if we already feel like there's no way this person is ever going to change or there's or we've been down this road before and none of those things worked, Um, if you have and not, not if we do have beliefs about everything and we don't all believe the same things. Some of us believe certain things are possible and others look at the same thing and say, no, that's impossible. Right? we have we all have different beliefs. So in that mindset piece, we help people explore or get in the habit of exploring very quickly, again, through a series of questions, internal questions, what are what do I currently believe? and can i can I poke some holes in the limiting beliefs and expand my options? And then the third piece of that mindset section is speaking from something we call the flow, which is really a metaphor for a strong emotional platform. So in other words, speaking from, positivity, positive expectation, um, optimism, you know, is very different place to have a conversation than speaking from anger, from fear, from negativity, pessimism, those kinds of things. So helping people get on that emotional platform before they open their mouth is, I, I often say, I could give you the framework, I can give you the four step conversation framework. And if you used it, from what we call the mud, the muddy banks of the flow, uh, where you're in that negative space, it won't work, and you'll be tempted to blame the framework. But it's not; it's never the framework. It's it's often that we use it from a place of fear. Uh, that happens a lot right now. You know, I don't want to have this convert. I want to have the conversation, but I'm afraid to have the conversation because I'm afraid then I might make them angry, and they might leave, and I might never replace them. Mm-hmm. So. I'll just avoid the conversation or I'll temper the conversation um, to a place that nobody can recognize what I'm actually saying. Um, So, you know, we see a lot of that. So it's a different, it's a different conversation. So there's that whole mindset piece. And then, and then we teach the frame this four step framework for having a courageous conversation from a really strong um, stance. So that's generally what we teach and in answer to your question Um, And let me just say as an aside, I am delighted to share a really wonderful tool with your listeners um, if they would like it. And the tool is something we call a courageous conversation support sheet. So on the left of the sheet, it's really beautifully designed and super fun to like put up in a team room or put up in your office or have it somewhere even at home where you could when you want to have one of these conversations, you could go and reference it on the left is the mindset piece. And on the right is the four step conversation framework. And then we've got two little rules of engagement down at the bottom to remember, but that, you know, pretty much from a high level, everything you need to remember to have the courageous conversations, whether it's with a personally or professionally, um, is on that
1: sheet. So I'm happy to share that. So remind that's me before cool. we get off. Yeah, out, that's fantastic. Out, I, will, I will before we, uh, you know, before we wrap up. I certainly will. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just in quick answer to your question about how does this apply today? Um, you know, I alluded to the fact that it, it is different since COVID. It, it, well, it's different since the employment uh, crisis has really ramped up. And there is just no doubt that There are not enough, um, applicants for the openings, uh, in dentistry and many, many other professions across the country. So, um, Mm -hmm. we have this reality and it, the forecasts are that it will not go away anytime soon. So, so I get the question a lot, Penny, should I have these courageous conversations now, or am I risking, um, driving away the few people that we do have and, um, and risking not replacing them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's real. I think that I think that's a real concern and should be. I would add a couple of thoughts to that. One, the that very fact makes this the best time ever to focus on the experience the the employee experience in your business, not just your patient experience. So we're pretty used to evaluating and upgrading our patient experience. We know that's important to attract the kinds of patients we want in our practice and keep our practices healthy. What we often don't spend an equal amount of time on is the employee experience. And I'm not talking about ping pong tables and you know gift cards at every turn and that all those are great um what i am talking about is how people th- uh, some proactive things we can do to make sure that our people feel heard um valued appreciated understood and that they're part of a growing um thriving business that really understands the process of change and is helping everyone on the team to navigate the process of growth, um, you know, well, and that's going to, and so if you think about courageous conversations as, as not just being a disciplinary conversation or a, a conversation around an argument I view courageous conversations, though they can happen in those situations for sure, I view them always as an opportunity for coaching and growth, always. So if in the past you would have looked at it, you know, they've been late to work and I need to talk to them, that's gonna change, but I'm afraid that if I really come down on them, then they're gonna leave. And if you if you changed your frame and said, what if I viewed this as a way for me to have a conversation around how that employee could grow into, or that coworker could grow into the kind of person that is in better alignment with who we are and where we're going. Mm -hmm. Um, That changes the dynamic. And so I think there's never been a better time to do this. Um, The second thing I would say about it is if you know how... if you have a framework and some training on how to have this, they don't escalate. We get to talk about things earlier in a way that people still feel left whole Mm -hmm. at the end of the conversation. They actually feel grateful for the conversation and better. Most of us have not had good experiences with conflict. They haven't ended well. Either people are crying or they're storming out of the office and quitting or, you know, they they haven't ended well. And Mm -hmm. I think that's not because of conflict. That's because we didn't, we never got a framework or a way to have them from a much stronger emotional platform. And that is learnable. It's, it's absolutely learnable. And so, and easier than most people think. So I would really encourage your listeners to consider putting this on their training docket this year. Um, I think there's never, when stress is high, which we know it is both for employees and for patients, you're going to have more demanding, you know, people demanding more things or being stressed out and being anxious and worried and, you know, all of those things that add to those heightened emotional conversations. And so it's a good time to get this training, um,
1: and feel uh, better. I absolutely better. agree. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and it makes so much sense. And, and our team members are, they're coming to the office more stressed out than they, they were, are. right? They're this child is not only yeah, about what's going on at, mm-hmm. at the office. And I think, and I'm not a psychologist, obviously, I think there's also a little PTSD probably going on for everybody, which is well, just got sure. everyone on edge. So, uh, yeah. you know, I love I love uh, the the format and the framework and and the offer. Uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about how they can get that worksheet, and then I would love uh, I'll let you sort of land the plane on yeah. on the best ways for people to connect with you.
0: Well, I'm writing a book on this right now. It's called Courageous Conversations: uh, How to Master the Important Conversations You've Been Avoiding, and um, I, I'm anxious for that. Hopefully, that will be out and you know, six months to a year. I'm, I'm about halfway through it, but it's quite a process. Penny, you've written a book and oh, <laughs> it's a lot more involved than I was uh, uh, thinking, but I'm, I'm excited about it. And so soon that will be out. We do though have a series of, of videos that will be ready in about 60 days. It's an on-demand video course that people can take. And so I'm super excited about that. So if anyone's interested, just make sure you get on our mail list and we'll make sure you get the announcement once that's ready. We do private coaching, both virtual and in person. Uh, for teams. And, you know, I certainly lecture and present on this subject for study clubs and uh, groups. Um, but an easy way to get that tool is just to shoot us an email at info at lionspeak.net. Be sure it's not .com. Lions Peak Winery has the .com. So if they I say if you want wine, go there. If you want courageous conversations, come if, to if Lions. You, and if you want both, visit both. Visit right. both. Uh, lionspeak.net. And uh, Kelly will shoot you over that um, support sheet that you can just put up and and at least have a at least have a framework and some tools, you know, to navigate this a little better. We're really on a mission to get this out to the world. I think the world needs it. I think our industry needs it. Mm -hmm. I think our teams need it. And life gets better. Life gets better when we can have these conversations in our, around our dinner table, around our conference table, uh, with our patients, you know, and in our neighborhoods and communities. So, um, so yeah, so there is, there is a way for this to be better and not to be as hard as you think. Um, So Avail yourself of the
1: tools; it'll you won't be sorry. Well, what a what a wonderful positive message, and and I couldn't agree more. Much needed; it's it's always been needed, never more than it is now. So, yeah. and uh, you know, my hat off to you for writing that book. You <laughs> you go, girl. You get that book done. Uh, we <laughs> I, we need I'm the book. We need the book. Yeah, uh, yeah I and, think so too. <laughs> yeah, and and what a wonderful. Uh, Platform you've established and, and team, and it's just so awesome. We're grateful to have you as part of our uh, ESS consultant network. And and definitely, those of you that are tuning in, uh, whether you're an ESS client or not, uh, I can tell you uh, Catherine is the real deal, right? She and her team. So uh, reach out to her and uh, definitely get the, the tool that she mentioned. And also, at the same uh, email address, I would imagine they could inquire with Kelly about uh, how they specifically. Could work with you guys is that correct 100
0: 100 we'd love to have a, a a complimentary short conversation about how we could support you or or at least get you resources that will help yeah
1: outstanding well Catherine, thank you so much for your time today it's always a pleasure to visit with you thank you for having me penny
0: the purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eassist consultant network this podcast is for informational purposes only For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform
1: at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.